Attention all filmmakers. You have short films or full features without a district. Come to www.fhffsd.org. That is the fantastic horror film festival. So hurry up. Submit now. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Guider with my very special co-host, Joanne Thomas, uh, the co-founder of the Fantastic Horror Film Festival. Our special guest is a legend in his own mind, Tomas Boykin. Tomas, how are you doing? I am fantastic. How are you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dad, how are you? Oh, I'm just, I'm just fine. Other than I'm sniffing too much. Oh God, you guys need to stop. Is <laughs> I've seen. Nude guns, and I thought it was rather weird. It's not really my cup of tea, but uh, kind of weird. <laughs> did you did you enjoy that doing that role in, in that movie? Yes, I did. The good Reverend Doctor Cleopas Aloysius Doolittle. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> a long, long uh, name. <laughs> um, the way that role came about was um, I auditioned for just about probably about four or five other roles in that piece and I just kept coming back and I kept coming back and I really wanted to do it and so um, I think uh, Joseph uh, and, um, uh, and and Robert they kind of came up with the uh, I, they came up with an idea look you know Tomas we really like what you've been doing and we just um, we want you we were wondering if we have an idea for sort of this minister this over the top preacher a la, um, I think it's uh, Jeremiah Wright, the, the minister that got Obama in trouble during his uh, campaign for uh, the first time he got into office. Correct. And I said, okay. And they said, uh, and we'll even let you write it. <laughs> <laughs> so everything you see from the good Reverend Dr. Cleopas Aloysius Doolittle, including the name, um, yeah, I, I put that together. I put that sermon together, and so we just had a blast doing it. And I just, it had to be in the 70s, of course, and, you know, we had to tweak it here and there. But, yeah, I I had a lot of fun. I just basically misbehaved. <laughs> <laughs> that was a uh, an interesting film, let's put it that way. It's uh, Guzman is known for uh, wacky m- movies like that, so it's nothing new in his resume. I mean, no, yeah. I liked it. Uh Wow, quite some characters in that film. So yeah, I when I saw it, I saw it at uh, at its premiere in Santa Monica, and that's what 2010. Um, and uh, I had never seen it, and I was surprised at how many people seem to enjoy it. I mean, there's I, I'm not too familiar with the whole grindhouse thing and and uh, certain aspects of the the horror genre. But man, people there that night—they were really digging it. You know? <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, it just crosses all lines. It does. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least. Now, you were born yeah. and raised in Philadelphia. Now, may I ask you this quick question? Normally, I don't ask questions, but how did you ever get involved in acting? Would that would that have been after you moved from Philadelphia to California, or was it in your blood in Philadelphia when you're living there? It was in my blood in Philadelphia, or I should say, it was injected in my blood <laughs> in Philadelphia. Um, my dad was a musician, so the arts were were in our house constantly. I knew I was going to do something in the arts, but I just couldn't figure it out. 
And uh, I thought I was going to do music, but as it happens, a lot of the teachers I had in the uh, Philadelphia school system were um, frustrated actors. So we we read a lot of plays uh, when I was in elementary, um, middle school, junior high. I mean, we I read a lot of plays, and so we would we would mount these plays, you know. And it was a part of the whole reading curriculum. Um, but I was I was acting so much before I knew I really wanted to do it, you know. And then of course there was Freedom Theater, which I grew up with, and I went there. And um, there's the Walnut Street Theater School, uh, which I was there for about uh, off and on for two years. Um, Society Hill Playhouse, and all of this took place in Philly. So by the time I went to college, I had done maybe. I don't know, maybe about 30, 40 plays. And uh, even still then, I did not know. It, acting was not something I took. I didn't think, oh, no one's going to actually do this for a living. You know, and right. when I went to college, I fell right into it again. Then after college, um, it just seemed to be the consistent, um, it, seemed to be the, it seemed to be consistent throughout all of my life. Uh, even when I thought I was going right. to do other things, like be a professional tennis player or be a musician or be an attorney, you know, um, both are always acting. And I never really thought about the movies. I just thought that if I was really lucky at the point that I decided that I wanted to be an actor, that I might be able to live in being an actor on the boards, right? Being in the, in the theater. But um, it took me to New York, and from New York, that brought me here. Huh. You must have done some musicals back then, right? Yeah, and I got my fill of them. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> that's an that's an exhausting thing to do. And I did Finian's Rainbow. Um, I must have had like six roles. I played a gospeler. I played a sharecropper. I played a geologist. Then I was a member of the chorus. I was a tennis player. I mean, I was, I you know, when you're doing something like that, when you're doing those kind of plays, what you end up doing is just to make sure you can you don't lose time or you're not late on your cues. You have six costumes, six costume changes. You just put everything on. <laughs> I, I know that. I know that. I worked with the theater group in South Philly. <laughs> so you just put everything on and as the show goes on, you peel them off. <laughs> you know, and it's like, my God, that actor looks like he's losing weight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, uh, yeah, I did do, I did, a, I did some musicals and I don't miss doing musicals. Not they're, at all. They're kind of hard to do sometimes. You gotta have the resets, you got, you have, you have vocal rehearsals, you have to do your singing, and then you got choreography. And then after choreography, then you have where you do normal text, you know, of the piece. You know, so you have the three different rehearsals and it's like, oh my god, this is, this is... Way too much. <laughs> Yes, taking up all of my life. But by the time I had done them, you know, that stuff gets into your system. You just you end up loving it. Yeah, I agree with that. You made your motion picture debut, the way it looks, in 2001 in Among Thieves. Am I correct on that, or is IMDb not up to date? No, 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 that's, that's it. Um, that was, uh, I, I did, a, before that, I probably did about, I don't know, 15 or 20 films that are just, um, you just, you, I don't even know where to, where to find them, the VHS, and just things I did in New York. Um, some films and but the major one, yeah, it would be um, it would be on feeds. So, what was your experience like when you're, you know, like you already mentioned about being in films before? But 
did you know that that this film was going to be able for people to see, or was it like, oh, here we go again? We'll do this and we'll see what happens. Uh, what a lot of these? Yeah. No, I we, I was pretty sure that it was going to be seen because I knew that I mean uh, I think the director was uh, John Battle, uh, who I think is no longer here in Los Angeles. He went back to Michigan. Um, no, they were pretty. They were pretty sure that it was going to be seen, and um, and I was excited to do that. Um, um, but yeah, that was that was a that was a chance. It took a while actually to show up enough in the and I had a copy of the film at one point. Yes, and I think must one. I I haven't seen that film since I believe uh, two thousand and one. Wow, VHS! Imagine that. Oh man, I love VHS even to the day. I even have a a VCR yet, and I have some old eighties stuff on VHS. But I tell you what, you can't beat that that view. I love that old mucky, dusty, fuzzy. Feel of VHS, you can't beat it. I'll, I'll bet you still have an eight track too. <laughs> <laughs> her and her wisecracking jokes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I would love to see that film. I would love to see Among Thieves again. You know, um, have you searched for it? Cool. Have, well, um, Amazon. Yeah, I, 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 well, what? Okay, what's interesting is that on Amazon there's a cover for it, but it's not the correct one. It's another film entitled Among Thieves, mm. and it's a foreign film, so it's not the same one. I think it deals with art thieves, but this is a different story altogether. Ah. Um, our film takes place here in Los Angeles, so um, but I haven't been able to. If you take what you see on Amazon and those characters in like that box or that cover for that DVD does not match what they I think they have our names on it but if you get to the IMDB page it's those people aren't in it okay I think their DP was John Bergstresser yep. I believe the director yeah the writer was John Battle yeah the writer was John Battle yes and I think a Rebecca Rebecca Klinger was in there and Ka- Karen Silas <laughs> that's 12 years ago yeah. I believe that 13 years ago wow yeah. Where does time fly? Yeah. You did a, a episode in the TV series Lucky Chance in 2008. Now that obviously that was yeah. your first uh, television uh, situation, correct? Yeah, yeah. Now, what's that like? Yeah, one that was great. I got to work with some really good people in there. Andrew Howard. I got to work with Pepe. Um, there were night guys in there on that piece that just clicked. Uh, Pete Pepe, who runs Espionage Productions, and then there was also the director of Junkie, Adam Mason. Yeah, I met him there. Yes. So uh, that was a great experience. That Andrew Howard, who was also in Junkie, yeah, um, he was a, he was in there. Lucky uh, uh, Chance. That was that was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing that. And they were, you know, we we were sort of a You know, we were really creative and spot and it was gritty. And um, at the time that we did that, I think that you would see these these like little episodes uh, on, during the episode of Bones or Law and Order, and so we go to commercial. And the way it was set up is during the commercial for for Bones or Law and Order, you would see the first episode, like the first ep of Lucky Chance, and then the next commercial, the next ep, and then and then it would go on for a few shows, I believe, uh, of Bones and and Bones and uh, Law and Order. So it was a pretty cool experience. Well, you were in a uh, movie that I quite really enjoyed. You played Harrison Dent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Haunting of Winchester House in 2009. Yeah. I yeah. love these films. 
I'm a weirdo. No, that's you know. cool. I mean, Asylum had they they really put them out, and you know they have a they have a healthy following and a great audience. And um, I just had a blast doing that too. It's really great to work with those guys. And Harrison Dent, they they kind of let me go crazy with him too. You know, he was, <laughs> I'd say he was a, he was a true eccentric. <laughs> oh man, it was that's where I first noticed you. Obviously, um, I thought the. Uh, the performance that you did was outstanding and it stuck out in the movie. I mean, I mean, you made your presence known for the way you pulled that character off. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. I still get comments on on uh, Haunting of Winchester House, and uh, we had a lot of fun, man. Michael Holmes was in it. Um, Mira Kellerman. Uh, um, Patty I Roberts. A name now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, directed by Mark Atkins. Yep, and um, yeah, it was it was a it was a lot of music. Um, I what I I remember from that when we were when we were shooting that um, I worked at, I believe eleven days on that, and when we were shooting that during the day, yeah. yeah. So I, I I think about that because you know we were on the set and it was like oh my god did you hear Michael Jackson die? But it was you know aside from that it was a great experience. That's another story that. Uh, Answers will, the answers of Michael Jackson's death will never be answered. No. They have the guy in jail, but there's more to it that he's saying, and it's just part of my life died that day. Cause I grew up, you know, I'm 45, so I'm in 70s and 80s babies, so I grew up listening to Michael Jackson, so, yeah, that's weird. I mean, certain performers just, just are part of your life, and, you know, and then when, you know, when he passed, it's just like, wow. I mean, you n- yeah, never expect yeah, you, you, we'll never see another one. No, never. Never. So how did you like working on Parenthood? Loved it. Oh, my God. First of all, the experience of working Parenthood, working on Parenthood, working on a studio, like working on something just large. It's just what you, there is, there's money all over the place. And when I say money, I mean, there is, when we're not sure, you really, it changes you. They feed you, uh, right? You, oh my God! I mean, you just there. It is unreal. There is um, the, the the days that I worked on there. Um, the showrunner for Friday Night Lights came to the set with uh, his Emmy, so I got to see an Emmy. And um, yeah, they feed you, and I don't mean. And I'm not talking about feed you like. It's we're talking top of the line. They make Gelson's pretty like lower level bodega food. <laughs> I mean, this is just oh my god! It was just great. I, I thought so much. This people just stay on TV, you know. Uh, and the cast, everyone looking with CeeLo Green was just a blast. You know, everywhere you where you go, you know, there's a golf cart to take you there. And uh, yeah, I, I could, I could. And when I think about, you know, people who have gotten to do shows like that and maybe do them for eight, ten years, like CSI or something like that, my God. To see how they end up not doing anything else. I had a fantastic time working on Parenthood. Look at Alec Baldwin. <laughs> he kind of puffed up a little bit over the years from being on one of those TV shows. I, I asked him, I, I asked the crew, I'm like, how do you guys, what do you... How do you deal with this food? I mean, there's, there's like several booths. There's always somebody coming by with a, with a, with a tray of, of little, you know, treats. And treats are like maybe, uh, uh, a sushi hand roll. Wow. That would be a treat. That would be, uh, I'm like, you know, I'm like, <laughs> stuff, man. I mean, if you can get a deal on TV full time, yeah, I'm going for it. 
Damn right. You were in a film in 2010. I've never seen it, but I know it's pretty popular. I Am? Yes. Yeah, I Am was another great experience. Like with John Ward, that was picked up by 20th Century Fox. What an experience that was. It's film about a subject encountering the crossroads within themselves that deal with adhering to the Ten Commandments. And so, um, and I play God, uh, unbeknownst to them, and I, I appear in everyone's life and um, are in their within the realm of their lives and what their struggles are and um, written and directed by John Ward and uh, got to work with some great people in that production uh, John Ward Stefan Heist professional That's baseball right. player used to Todd Zeal mm-hmm. I would I've not seen this one but I have it it's weird I get so many movies it's hard but now that I that you I just remembered. I'm definitely going to check that out because I, I, I kind of like them stories when you mentioned about you playing Jesus and being each part of their stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, it's a drama, but uh, those movies uh, interest me a lot as well. I mean, I'm not just strictly a horror or thriller, but I enjoy some good dramas too. Yeah, I just, I've done comedy and I enjoy doing comedy, particularly really rancid, dark, blue humor. You know, I'm not my boy. Uh, right. Probably because I experienced it in reality and college with, with a lot of friends in college. Yeah, I, I enjoy dramas. And, and I am was, was pretty much, um, that, when I think about what we were able to pull off in that film, I mean, some people found it to be dark. I mean, it's not dark. It's just that it's serious. You know, it's not a, it's not a lighthearted film. And, um, right. you know, I think the, uh, uh, like the long line says, it pays to remember. <laughs> you know, when you hear God say something like that, you know, it pays to remember. Um, it gets your attention. And it, it was probably, that's the first faith-based film I did. And it was picked up, 20th Century Box picked it up for uh, DVD distribution and Blu-ray. And, but it did not open at theaters in a way. It was picked up, it, it opened at churches. Oh yeah, so yeah, that's the right. film was it was shown at um, I want to say millions of churches because the only continent that was where it did not show was Antarctica. It showed oh, everywhere. Wow. I mean, there were probably about I would say at least three hundred churches, four hundred churches just in the state of California. No and so it opened on ten 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 October tenth, twenty ten, and. Um, from what I understand, the next time that those numbers would appear like that, 10, 10, 10, would be uh, in another three to 400 years. Hmm. So that was, that was the big push for it. Um, and it showed, it showed everywhere on that day. And then from there, it was released, uh, you know, through all of the uh, um, secondary distribution levels dvd blu-ray itunes it was on cable that was a great experience i it it elevated my career to another kind of it in terms of um pretty much being in every scene and as john wood would say the guy you know that was that was a that was a different experience and and i'll always uh, you know i really appreciate that you know the good folks out there at mariner's church and john ward and Bay Ridge, you know, gave me that opportunity to do that. Excellent. You posted something on Facebook, I think, today. You tagged the movie Junkie. Yeah, 2012. Yesterday. 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 I've never seen this. I've yet to see it. And it's a comedy. Talking about I Am and now going to this film, it's at completely opposite ends of the uh, (laughs) totem pole. 
but your experiences in junkie. Now, Adam Mason, I saw one of his films. I think it's called Pig. Am yeah. I correct? Yeah. That movie was way wickedly crazy. So I know Adam Mason's mind of storytelling is pretty wicked. Mm-hmm. But now this is a comedy. Now, what was your experience like with Adam Mason in Junkie? He, I love working with Adam Mason, and I would do it again a thousand times, and I hope he hears it. <laughs> it was a true. He's got to be one of the coolest guys. Calm, just he's nothing really. You, he never really gets upset, and he's just. Um, that was another great opportunity. When I became, what happened was very lucky chance. Adam and I had decided that we were, we wanted to work together, and then we'll be able to work with him on Luster. Um, but they wanted, they wanted, and um, uh, he wanted Adam wanted had pretty much handpicked myself and uh, picked me and Michael Trey, uh, an Australian actor who was in Lucky Chance. And uh, so we were going to do Luster, but uh, the the backers wanted people who had bigger names. So we were out. And Junkie is really Adam's, Adam pretty much keeping his promise uh, that he would work with me again. And I so appreciated it, you know, right. because when I became, when I came on board for Junkie, we were still, they were still hammering out the script in many ways, you know. And so that was just, when you get into those kind of situations, I gotta tell you guys, as an artist, you're watching a cake be made from scratch. And so it's really, really, really important to pay attention to knowing that you're in old and knowing that, oh, wow, I'm experiencing something special. And I think I was, yeah, the script was like maybe at page 70, and we were just workshopping and we rehearsed it. I just loved it. And we shot that film in seven days. It was 90, 93 pages. And, huh. um, and it is, you got to see it. It's everything about it from the commentary. Well, you... I mean, the reviews have been posted, so it's been well received. So tell me what this ice cream from breakfast is about. Um, another different kind of story. Um, I play Clyde, a father who uh, sexually abused his daughter when she was a little girl. And uh, the the title, Ice Cream for Breakfast, if you let me do this to you, we'll be able to have ice cream for breakfast. And it's uh, sort of a, it's a story about a father who abuses his daughter, and she grows up, and she reintroduces herself into his life after many, 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 many years, and he doesn't even recognize her. And she um, she basically wants to make him pay for his sins at gunpoint. <laughs> and uh, another dark comment, and that uh, was Sean Bond and uh, our director, uh, Ty Murphy, who also directed Lineage. I, I like to do a lot of different things. I'm, I'm not what you would call a genre performer. Um, I'm not going to do right. one kind of genre. I just, I, I'm trying to get as far away from the last thing I did as possible in my next venture, you know. Variety is place of life, you know. Yeah, and also, too, it's just, I guess from doing, you know, being in the theater, you, you, I had so much flexibility, you know, and so work would get work, so someone would come to me with a, a play that was uh, based on politics, then I would get another one that was based on family dynamics, and then another one that was based on what's relations and something else that was a comedy that dealt with sports. You know, these were all plays, so your your appetite becomes really developed, you know. So when for breakfast came to me, I jumped at it, you know. The same thing with Elegy for a Revolutionary, right. you know, uh, which was a piece that I was really blessed to be a part of. And that happened at the same time that I was doing... 
um, parenthood. And um, oddly enough, as much as I wanted parenthood, I probably wanted uh, Elegy for a Revolutionary more because I knew A.L. was going to, you know, be using a South African accent and it was going to be a period piece and it dealt with the ANC and apartheid. And I was like, yeah, I, I got to do this. And then I ended up winning... Uh, Best Supporting Actor Award for a California Film Award. So I'd like it to be all over the place. I want to do very, you know, I want to have a really diverse body of work. Awesome. Voodoo Possession in 2014. Um, mm-hmm. Ironically enough, I get an email from a distributor um, mentioning about its release. And mm-hmm. But the question that I have for you, was this not called something else originally? No, well, it... it in Europe, it's a voodoo possession. Here, it's voodoo okay. possession. Okay. Um, but no, originally that's that's just the film I didn't. I never thought I would get. I just I went in for the audition, audition for Happy Man, right. and I didn't think I was going to get it because I mean, Jesus, the, the, everything is in Creole. <laughs> 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 yeah. so, I just went in like a fool, and I just thought, okay. Oh, I'm never going to get this. <laughs> I don't know a speck of Creole. So, uh, but I ended up getting it. Wow. And then after I got the role, I thought to myself, shit, now i got to learn Creole. <laughs> 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 I've got the script, and i got no English at all. That was a truly physical film to work on. You know, being possessed by voodoo spirits, um, there's no real way to choreograph those those body movements. You know, you can't, it's not dance, it's something else. Right. And that something else is coming from somewhere else, and no one knows where that is. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's uh, you know, I did, a, I did a healthy amount of research. Uh, uh, director Walter Boholt um, gave me a lot of material to look at, and, um, and we developed the backstory for the character I play, Happy Man. Um, uh, whose real name before he becomes possessed by voodoo spirits is uh, Patrice Benoit and he was a school principal and he lost everything in the great earthquake there in uh, Haiti and um, Aiden who was played by Ryan Caltagirone uh, goes to look for his brother in this uh, asylum and that's where they run into goes to look for his missing brother and in so doing, he comes across this character, Happy Man, in this asylum in Haiti. And there I am. Interesting. You're also in another film called Lazarus Rising in 2014. Yes. Um, C. Thomas Howe and my brother from another mother, William DeCuff, yes. played George. What was yes. your experience like in this one? Though? Got the role. Um, got to go to Boston. Uh, and while I was there, I got the you know, I spent about three weeks back in Philly. Ah, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> so I got to visit the family as well. It was great. To, uh, directed by John DePew, a great experience. I mean, John DePew is one of the nicest, kindest directors I've ever worked with. Just a pleasant experience and uh, a good group of people to work with. I like to work, I like to work a lot, and I want to work a lot. Um, um, and I do think taste matters. I think taste matters in a large, large way. And I like, I would love for my body of work to be much, much larger. But essentially, I like to be in the movies that I would go right. see. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, I mean, I don't, you, you don't want to, 
you don't you don't crave to work um, with you know a, you know want to do a certain kind of work, but you're always doing another kind of work. Right. You know, and so I like to try to be in film. I would go see Allergy for a Revolutionary. I would go see. I would want to see Parenthood. I would want to see Junkie. Right. You know, um, those are films that I would be interested in seeing. There are things I wouldn't do, though. I mean, if I think for a lot of us, we attract the work we want. Right. Junkie was pretty much offered to me. Ice Cream for Breakfast was offered to me. And so I just got past the point of being surprised. I'm like, dude, do you actually see me like this? (laughs) 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 You know? But now it's a compliment. You know? It's a compliment. I love it. Like, you shouldn't do anything you're going to be embarrassed by anyway. Right. Right. You know, you shouldn't do anything that you... And I I don't want to do it mindlessly. You know, I don't want to... I never want to do any of these projects or any of these films with the same mindset that I'm making an In-N-Out burger. Never. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah, now, are you allowed to talk about The Orphan, the new kind of hero? Yes, I can talk about The Orphan. I'm really excited about that. Um, We are looking to start shooting um, late um, uh, 2014. And the Orphan is is a project that is, is kind of a sci-fi drama, drama uh, thriller, and I'm going to be working with uh, Jermaine Malik. He and I are producing. Uh, Albert Barrera uh, wrote the script, um, and these folks just basically found me uh, online. Uh, apparently, I've got a decent amount of stuff online that people can see, and um, I read the script and uh, it's 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 a great story um, we're in the early early stages of pre-production at this point uh, the character I'm going to be playing is Booker who is kind of like a Morpheus from like uh, say uh, okay. and um, uh, Jermaine Malik is going to be playing this character named Makai who is blessed and or cursed with this particular talent of being able to kill people on sight with these uh, unimaginable powers and so he is um, he is sort of hired by this overseer overseer political movement as an assassin Um, and what's found out is that there is another person just like him who has the same talent who is using it for evil and so my character Booker tries to train Mikhail or try to reprogram him or, or re-familiarize him with using his powers for, for good. So it's, it's, it's a great story and I'm really looking forward to, to working on that. Um, I have another one coming out that I'm working on as well, a western called, um, Charlestown. And we're in the early development stages of that, um, which is going to be for television. Um, written that'll be written, directed, and uh, produced uh, by Michael Mack, who I'm also producing uh, with on that project. And I'll be playing a, uh, a sheriff by the name of Josh Joshua Charles, uh, who was uh, a Buffalo soldier uh, in the Civil War. So, I mean, as you can see, there's a lot of variety. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Is there anything else you have coming up? Let me see. Anything else? There's Lineage, which is just got uh, picked up by Barnholtz Entertainment. Um, that'll be coming out this year, which is an urban drama. I think that is 
did. And there, there are a few things, like there are about four or five, four or five projects that Matt Chase and my manager and I have in the works right now that we're just inches away from closing the deal on. Cool. So, but, uh, yeah, and I'm trying to stay busy. Matt's marketing. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> we know, we know we Matt do. very well. Oh yeah, he's, I'm telling you, he is, uh, he is, it's, it's great to have him handling my career. Yeah. He's a, he's definitely one of the good guys, and if you got him on your side, it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a good thing. Fantastic. Yeah, Matt and I go back a couple years, quite a few years actually, back in 2010 to be, to be exact, so, you have a, a, a astonishing variety of a career, and it can only get better. I mean, the older you get, the more experience you get, the more, Better you get, right? Better exactly. Is, you know. I guess I would like to invite you to come to our film festival. It's a horror film festival, but uh, next Halloween, okay. we've been okay. <coughs> inviting everybody because it's going to be a real exciting thing. Three days of horror films and a Halloween party and what have you. So okay. you're more than welcome to join us. Okay. October thirty first right. to November second. All okay. indie horror, cool. all the time. Okay. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I, uh, I, yeah, I would, I would love to come to something like that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, Tomas, thanks for coming on. Uh, you have, uh, like again, a bright future ahead of you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, both you and Joanne have been, have been great. And, well, I've been uh, great. I've been great. Yeah. Don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, you're in trouble now, buddy. I'm never talking. Oh, to I'm gonna sit. Oh, I'm gonna God. sit here and not say one single word ever. Oh my God! You've Way to go, Tomas. Way to go. <laughs> Thank you so much for Thank you so much for having me. It, it's it's been a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, anytime we can talk. Let's, yeah, let's do that. Thanks, Tomas, for coming on. You're a great guest, and uh, keep. Keep keep those uh, fires burning. Keep that passion. Oh, I definitely will. Thanks for having me, and you guys have a fantastic. You holiday. too. Take care. All right, take care. We'll see you. Bye. Bye. Bye.